Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a health bar tastes like a candy bar. Visit BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. I'm going to be straight up and telling you, I'm taking this episode in a direction that this podcast has never ventured to before. But I promise you, it will be fulfilling, rewarding, and entertaining for you and you will gain an added appreciation for our interviewee and his contributions to the UCLA basketball team. Before I go any further there, I'm Brian Fenley. I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. Follow me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y. And if you visit my page, you can find a host of unique Bruin content to peruse. When you think of UCLA basketball, what comes to mind? Is it John Wooden? Is it the national championships? Is it a player that you took a bunch of interest in, idolized? Whatever it is, I get that. That's fair game. But there's one part of this program and this team that has never gotten its rightful appreciation. It has gone relatively unnoticed, and it is a shame, and it's not going to happen anymore because we are going to spotlight the role of the UCLA basketball manager. They deserve a lot of love and they're going to get a lot of love on this particular podcast episode. And you are going to meet Grant Catani, formerly a manager for the UCLA basketball team. He's going to take you to stories about the grind and the long hours that he had to submit and just the challenges that he was wading through through his four years as a basketball manager, but ultimately played a big part in the success of the team. So with all of the challenges, with all of the hard times that came, he will always say he would never trade any of those experiences because of his love and appreciation and passion for UCLA and basketball. Let's get to our interview now with Grant Catani. It is former UCLA basketball manager Grant Catani. He joins us. I'm Brian Fenley. Grant, thanks for coming on and spilling some knowledge here on the uh, podcast. Oh, well, you're too kind, Brian. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> that was quite an introduction. <laughs> well, I will say that you are, I don't know if this is what you were intending, but you have become a social media influencer. You've got over 10,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, no, you know, not uh, not by design. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Grant on the gram, G-C-H-K-4. I'm on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. And Grant, obviously, your father has been such an accomplished basketball coach, and I would have to think that some of his influence has rubbed off on you. However, you might want to take it your own way as well, because you are creating and carving out your own path some background on you you were a manager for UCLA for four years the first three years if I'm not mistaken you were the equipment manager and then the head manager for that final year and you were responsible for nine team managers so you in a sense had a a post where you had to manage and other people below you and my question for you Grant is to be a great manager you have to be what? Uh, I'd say a leader, but not only a leader in like a generic sense, but a leader that 
uh, is willing to do things and tasks that the leader is willing to ask the other managers. So let's say um, a first year manager uh, comes in and I'm, I'm having to ask him to get to practice early to uh, set up for practice. If I'm not willing to myself come early and set up for practice or willing to, you know, help him with the laundry or willing to do whatever I ask of him, then um, I think that's, that's just absolutely necessary to uh, be a great manager. Grant Katani joins us. Grant, when you consider all the different responsibilities and roles you had at UCLA as a manager, what do the outside, the, the casual basketball fan not realize about the hours that you are alluding to, the time, the work, the grind of all that you are made to do on that team? Oh, man. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's a novel that list, right there. <laughs> uh, that list goes on and on. Um, one thing I want to say is it's definitely not as glamorous as people make it out to be. Um, even my friends and just people that I know uh, in general, um, when they think of me being a manager for UCLA, um, of course, it's a very prestigious thing. And when, when they think of it, it's just, oh, you know, you go to the practices, you go to games, you get to, you know, be around these top Division One basketball players and coaching staff. And that is true, but <laughs> there's so much more that goes on uh, behind the scenes and uh, just the countless hours of, you know, if practice is going from, let's say, 3 to 5.30 p.m., um, you know, managers are there um, maybe around 1 or even sooner if they can because once guys are out of class, you know, uh, you're in the gym early with them, helping them work out, um, helping the coaching staff, you know, maybe break down film uh, before practice. And then you start the practice. And then after practice, um, it's more of the same thing if guys want to get up extra shots or, you know, if the coaches need anything else in terms of, um, you know, scouting or whatever it might be, um, that the, the sheer amount of hours that you put in um, can go unnoticed by, by the normal person looking um, from the outside point of view, I'd say. Um, and that's just the beginning of it. Uh, you know, <laughs> game days are a whole nother thing. It's pretty much an all day event. And uh, let's say you have a game, maybe like at 8 p.m. or so. Um, and that's kind of like on the, on the later side for the West Coast. But uh, let's say the game's at 8 p.m. You might have a shoot around in the morning, uh, maybe around like 10, get the guy's legs loose, but you're there probably 8.30 or 9. Um, and then once shoot around's over, it's pretty much going to class. And if you're not in class, you're back at the facility. Um, just getting ready for game day, helping guys get shots, um, helping the coaching staff with whatever might, whatever they might need. Um, and then, you know, the pregame, uh, pregame festivities start. The game starts at 8, might go to like 1030. Uh, and then after is just a whole nother thing. Um, usually, uh, like first year managers um, are in charge of laundry. So Okay. After the game, uh, what we used to do is the game, let's say, ended around 10.30. We would collect our laundry, uh, the referees, the opposing team locker room laundry, and um, you would probably be in that laundry facility until close to 1 or 2 in the morning before everything got done. Um, so I remember my first year. 
it was me and uh, this other manager, his name is Mark. And we, <laughs> we would be in that laundry facility for hours and we'd be hanging, hanging jerseys and warm ups and stuff and folding towels until like one or two in the morning. And I, I'd say it was, it was definitely a, not the most fun thing you'd want to be doing at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, but it's definitely a bonding experience for the managers. You know, uh, it's something that not many people can relate to. Uh, so I think, you know, managers have this special, special connection, whether you, you went to UCLA or really any other school, it's pretty similar. You use that experience at UCLA to then become a graduate assistant with Temple and you documented some of your time there. I was looking on LinkedIn and you had these <laughs> diary posts where you basically would provide insight on what it's like, the, the ins and outs of being a GA and being a manager in your past and what all goes into that. I think one was called time management, which I can't even imagine how you did it because like you said, the long hours that people don't realize on the surface that you had to go through to do the little things like the laundry and all of that on top of scouting reports and warming up players and getting shots up and, and, and all of that stuff. And I, and I love to see that. And what I gathered from some of those writings from you is that like you have to love this right oh, this yeah. this is not a chore if you're putting in these hours you have to be in love with the game of basketball it basically has to be your girlfriend because i don't even know if you had any time at ucla for a social life but in the end grant over your time with the bruins when did you feel most appreciated for what you did and even the more specific, the better. If a player came up to you, a coach, if you have multiple stories, when were you felt or did you feel the most appreciated? Oh, man. Um, most appreciated. Um, and and, you're, and you're, you're looking for like a specific time, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe coach came over to you and he said, man, Grant, thanks so much for what you did. And, and you just were like – this is all worth it. Like people see that I put in these hours and, or even it was, if it was a player that you got up early to get shots up with at UCLA and they said, man, you didn't have to do that. That was really nice of you. And, and that's probably translated to some great relationships off the court too. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, in that sense that I felt, I felt very appreciated throughout my time at UCLA. Um, you know, not only by the coaching staff, um, who would who would always make sure it was known that you know they were grateful, but uh, more specifically, like even the players. Um, you know, whenever I would go late at night in Poly and work them out, um, they would always be very thankful because they know like every everyone's a student. <laughs> um, everyone has tests coming up, um, especially at UCLA with the quarter system. You know, you always have a midterm, you always have a final coming up, um, so everyone knows each other is just extremely busy. So whenever, whenever you're going late at night to poly or even early in the morning, um, people know that, you know, you really took time out of your schedule to go. Um, and one, I guess one specific uh, player was TJ Leaf. Um, he, he, uh, you know, usually, <laughs> uh, when you go and when you go and work players out, um, a lot of times it's just rebounding or, doing whatever they kind of feel like uh, if they want to get mid-range shots up or if they, they want to work on like a pick and roll type situation. 
uh, you're, you're probably like defending them or setting the screen or um, rebounding. But he was the he was actually the first player that, you know, when he first asked if I could help him work out, I was like, okay, yeah, like the usual, like, oh, what do you want to do? Um, what do you have in mind? And he he was the first one that actually gave me the confidence um, to actually like create my own workouts and uh, see what see what I was watching him in practice and in the games and seeing what he needed to work on or what types of shots he he was getting in the games or what he what the defense might be uh, giving to him in the games and we would work on those things and then we would work on different counter moves off that and he was the first person that really you know, let me choose how I was going to work him out and what, what we were going to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, I knew I had the capabilities of, you know, creating workouts for guys this whole time. But, you know, at the same time, it was like, oh, maybe I don't because um, I never really had that chance. But he was the first person that um, allowed me to really just customize the workout and he would do what I thought would be good for him. And so uh, we would go almost, almost pretty much almost every night, um, in Nepali and work out and I would keep this like journal of uh, I don't even think he knows this but I would keep this journal <laughs> of different war <laughs> different workouts um and it'd be like TJ workout number one I'd have the date all the things I want to do and uh every day during during the day when I was in class I would kind of take that journal out and kind of write down all the workouts just so I wouldn't I wouldn't seem like uh I was trying to do things on the fly and not have a clue of what <laughs> what drill was next I wanted to make sure I was like okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, but really after after some of the guys found out that I was working him out and I was creating the workouts, they would come to me and be like, oh, hey, Grant, like, I heard you working TJ out. Maybe you, can, uh, maybe you can work me out sometime. And so that's where it kind of started. And um, that's where I actually got really interested in like player, player and skill development. Um, and ever since then, that's pretty much been like something that I've really enjoyed doing. Um, and then that was my senior year, so I just carried that over to uh, when I was a GA. We are just getting started with Grant Katani, including asking him about his role in formulating the basketball tournament, which is a tournament that happens during the summer where teams play for $2 million. Well, he got a bunch of UCLA guys together. We're going to talk to him about that. But first, are you hungry? Is it midway through your day and you want something that tastes great but also is good for you well check out built bar i'm telling you what you gotta do it builtbar.com is the place to check out these bars they're chocolate they are peanut butter low carbs low sugar high in protein and if you go to built bar and you type in the keyword locked on lo and behold you will get ten dollars off your first order i kid you not go to builtbar.com Type in the keyword locked on and you will get $10 off your first order. Now let's get this interview back in order. Have you ever spent the night at Poly Pavilion? I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do times, explain, <laughs> do explain this story. Um man, I think it was a few times. Most of it was laundry related. Um, it was just so we were just so tired that and we would have like 8, 8 a.m. classes. So uh, we'd be like, yeah, you know, might as well just stay in here and maybe study a little bit. And then we're already closer to, we're closer to uh, the classrooms uh, and then walk into the dorms. So we might as well just stay here. Um, but I, I want to say another time I slept over in Paul. 
<laughs> that sounds kind of weird to say. Um, <laughs> but players are the time... doing this too. Some players do this too. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've, uh, I've seen that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've gone in in the mornings into the locker room and, uh, and a couple guys have been sleeping on the couch and it was like 6 a.m. So I know they didn't get there in the morning. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the other reason was. I know I've done it a few times though. So you would literally, and Grant Catani joins us, formerly the head manager for UCLA basketball, then went on to be a GA at Temple. He's got big things in his basketball future. So you would go, Grant, to doing laundry late at night to an 8 a.m. class, and you thought, oh, you know, I'm just exhausted, so why don't I get a couple hours of sleep at Pauly and then go right to school, go right to class? Exactly. <laughs> That is dedication. And when you, I mean, embody that, I can't imagine what would have been the most satisfying or fulfilling part of what you did there. Um, most satisfying thing. Um, honestly, I think it's, it really is just the relationships and friendships that came from being part of the UCLA basketball family. Um, you know, you don't really, I didn't really know going into it. I didn't really have any expectations because I, I just had no idea what to expect. Um, but it turned out to be definitely one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had. Um, and even to this day, just the relationships that I've built um, with the coaching staff, the players, and even, you know, the boosters, uh, friends of the pro friends of the program, um, friends of the coaching staff, friends of the players. Um, I, I mean, I'd say over half the people I I interact with are associated with UCLA basketball in some way, um, and I'm just definitely so thankful for uh, the opportunity that you know UCLA and UCLA basketball has given me. I would be a disgrace if I did not bring up that the basketball managers get to play in some games against that other team in Los Angeles. The, 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 oh, yeah. the famous, the infamous battles between the USC basketball managers and UCLA. How heated is that rivalry and playing in that game that the common fan has no clue about? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it, it gets pretty, pretty competitive. Um, my I know my first year we would play at least once a year okay. and um my first year we actually lost which was unfortunate um we played <laughs> at USC and I, I I mean I grew up playing basketball my whole life and I had not been more nervous for a game than that one um it was it was I don't know it was just something so different now that I was representing UCLA and playing against a, a rival school and you know the other man i was i was uh my first year i was the only freshman manager so everyone was older than me and they were just talking about this game and i'm like man they're really making this a big deal like <laughs> is it that heated and turns out you know the players show up um they're coaching and cheering for the managers on you know the respective sides and then the first the first one was at uh, usc and they brought a bunch of their friends and i'm assuming uh, like some of like the um, the fraternities were there, and they were just ca causing a 
pretty big ruckus. Um, <laughs> so just that whole environment, it kind of, kind of reminded me of like a high school playoff game. Um, so I think that kind of pitched into my nerves. But I want to say that I did not lose another rivalry uh, manager game after that first one. <laughs> yeah. I made one, sure it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One win for the Trojans is one win too many. Who was the best manager of a basketball player that you had over your four years? And it's okay if it, if it's you, we'll, we'll, we'll take that as an answer. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, I try to stay humble. Um, <laughs> I, I would say I was one of, one of the better ones, um, but we did have some good players. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Humility trumps all in this case. We'll be right back with Grant Catani after this. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, Gerald Smith has the great story, right? Being a practice player on the women's team. And then you were right there with him getting an opportunity to walk on at UCLA and then gain that scholarship. So there is is that story as well. And you spoke about how dedicated you are to your craft and how you have to be obsessed really with basketball. And Grant Catani joins us, former manager, head manager for UCLA basketball, also a GA at Temple. I'm Brian Fenley, and I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Was there ever, this is my final question for you to ask when it comes to your UCLA tenure. With all the managers and them being involved in regular practices, was there ever a play in practice where a manager showed up a scholarship player like in a scrimmage or something like that, even oh, a dunk or something. Honestly, in my time, I don't think so. But I recently saw a video. Um, I believe it was from this past season of a manager crossing one of the players over, <laughs> and them kind of stumbling out of the way, and and the manager went over to help him up. Um, but I, in my time there, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I saw that video. You've probably seen this as well, where I think Isaac Hamilton dunked on Tony Parker. <laughs> Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tony <laughs> Parker, I love him, but he always makes up these excuses like, well, I didn't even attempt to dunk or jump, so it's not like he really posterized me. But then apparently oh, everybody man. left the, the gym after that. It was just like <laughs> game over. Uh, Tony, Tony might be one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Oh, he is. <laughs> even to this day. <laughs> he he really is what what are you up to now what what is the next step for you in, in your basketball endeavors yeah so um I finished uh in 2019 I graduated from Temple um so I was a GA there I got my master's in business administration um and right now I'm actually working at a company here in LA um because I wanted I want I definitely wanted to come back home 
uh, spend time in my hometown here. Um, and I'm working for a company called Beyond Meat. Um, it's a plant-based food company. Um, and the way the the way I got interested is uh, I've always been interested in like diet and health and how that is related to sports. Um, and this company works with a lot of uh, professional athletes, um, some of them like Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, JJ Redick, and the list goes on and on. Um, but you know, I, I'd always been interested in like a plant-based diet, and um, that's something that definitely got my interest um, and and definitely caught my attention. And so I was doing some research while I was in Philadelphia, um, and you know, I decided, oh, like, you know, I might as well look into it, see if I could apply, because um, I'm definitely interested. Um, and so that whole process got started. Um, I ended up starting, I started working uh, July of 20, 2019. Um, and so I've been here for almost a year now, I'd say. Um, a couple more months and it'll be a year. Um, so I'm definitely enjoying it uh, right now. Back in 2018, you helped start the basketball tournament, the Sons of Westwood, the team that brought together a lot of the UCLA basketball alumni. And what spawned that for you to make that happen? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I first of all, that first year that I was gone from UCLA and, and LA in general, um, that was really the first time that I had lived a, like truly away from home because um, I, I was born and raised in the LA area. Um, and I think it had to do with a combination of, you know, missing home and LA in general, but also really missing just that UCLA basketball family. And just all, I would, I think at the time I was really thinking about all the relationships that I made. And in a way I was kind of down on the fact that, you know, I was away from all these, all these people that I got close with over the last four years. And I was like, oh, man, there's got to be some way, you know, that we can stay in touch or um, I can still be part of that, that family. And, you know, once you, I mean, once you go through the UCLA basketball program, you're a Bruin for life. But I wanted to be more involved. And at the time, um, and I remember this clearly because it was, it was a game day at Temple. And one of our managers um, actually worked for TBT, the basketball tournament. And he, I guess they had been trying to get a team together, a UCLA team together for a couple of years or since it started. And I guess they just hadn't been able to. And so he, he came up to me and asked if, if I had heard of the tournament. And I said, oh, yeah, of course. Um, and he said, oh, would you be interested in, you know, possibly getting a UCLA team together? And when he said that and I, I inquired more about it and he was telling me about it, I was, I was like, man, that seems like 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 a dream job for me like that's yeah. just so fun you you know you get to represent UCLA but also you get to put a team together and you get to raise money and you get to schedule the traveling and the hotels and uh, getting the coaching staff together and like that that stuff has always been very appealing for me um, and so I was like oh yeah of course I'll get this team together and at the time I when I said that I was like oh how hard could it be like you know, just get some of my buddies on the team and this should be good. But it's definitely a lot of work, um, you know, because everyone, you know, during the year they have their regular basketball season and uh, the TBT tournament um, is kind of like a, I guess you could say like an extracurricular uh, basketball tournament where, you know, some guys might want to just take the summer off and rest. 
um, so so I guess um, in that sense, it was it was a little a little tough at first to get the team together and get guys committed, and especially it was it was tough because it was the first year that we had ever had a team, um, and so there wasn't already like an established core group of guys that had played in it before. Um, and so I think that was definitely one of the toughest parts. To give listeners and viewers an, an idea of the background behind this tournament, everybody's playing for a $2 million prize. And arguably the face of that roster that you formulated, the Sons of Westwood in 2018, was Matt Barnes. What was the recruiting pitch to bring him onto that team? Um, honestly, it, it, was, it was pretty simple. Um, you know, I think that all started with our head coach, Moose Bailey, um, who was at UCLA, obviously. Um, and he's he's known Matt for a very long time. And so um, once we had our core group of guys together, we had we pretty much had the team together. Um, you know, he, he went to Matt and talked to him um, to get his interest to see if he'd be wanting to play uh, with, that, with those guys. And um, at the time, he had an injury, so he was kind of, you know, he was very interested, um, but at the same time, he was injured, so it wasn't it wasn't a guarantee. Um, but he did commit, um, but unfortunately, uh, that injury he still had that injury, so he wasn't able to play. But he did he did come to the games and he did help uh, coach and you know direct the guys, and um, that that was pretty cool. What made Moose Ryan Bailey the perfect fit to be the head coach of that team? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, he's, he comes to a lot of UCLA games, so the guys definitely know who he is. Um, but I think he's a great coach, first of all. Um, and second, what I think is very important is in a coach, um, especially as you get higher in level, um, is someone who can really relate to the players. Um, and I feel, I felt like he was, he was the perfect choice for that because uh, not only did he play, but um, he still coaches, he coaches at Brentwood school. Um, and he's around the UCLA basketball program a lot. You know, he interacts with the guys off the court, um, you know, maybe gives them, gives them uh, advice. Um, and so I just thought that was, that was someone that, you know, could take, possibly take the time out of their schedule to, uh, to help the Sons of Westwood, but also someone who could definitely be relatable to the guys. You might have seen this, and Grant Catani joins us here, former UCLA head manager on the basketball team. The basketball tournament, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, said that they are on this summer. It's going to be, I think, a 2014 format, and they're going to create this bubble environment for players just due to the coronavirus situation. Has there been any thought of you in, in running this thing back again with the guys, the Sons of Westwood? Uh, you know, there has been, of course. Um, but I think this year we are, we're, we're not going to be in the tournament this year. Um, but definitely 2021, we're going to, we're going to have a team in it. My final question for you, Grant, your, your dad was a coach in the 2006 McDonald's high school American game, incredible career at Fairfax. And he continues at Rolling Hills prep. So you've had all of this basketball knowledge brewing in your mind for so long, but you've also gained your own experiences and your own philosophies from the game. So if there was one nugget of advice, coaching advice that you would give your dad, what would that be? 
Oh man! <laughs> I, hope, I hope he doesn't see this. Um, <laughs> it could be a playful thing, you know. It doesn't have yeah, to be serious. Yeah. Um, one piece of advice: I would probably tell him to add me to the coaching staff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grant Katani, you've got stardom in your future just based upon. The work you've done at UCLA, at Temple, the company you're working for now, the contacts that you've uh, accumulated, all the networking and just hard work, you are dedicated to the game, and the game is going to give back to you in a big way. And you heard it here first. Mark the tape right here. Many years from now, it might even be sooner rather than later, Grant Katani is going to be a a general manager. He's going to be a head coach at a collegiate program a top program an nba coach you might even be the commissioner of the nba watch out watch out adam silver but uh grant thanks so much for doing this this is a whole lot of fun glad to hear you're doing well and i love that shirt you are wearing because it is that nba brand but it's ucla (laughs) oh yeah thank you brian i really appreciate it